Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox-Starks. Hey guys, I hope you're having a great day today. I have a lot of announcements (laughs) and preliminary stuff to get through. And it's going to be kind of a long episode. We're going today to talk about personal boundaries. If you set up a wall (laughs) around yourself with your personal boundaries no one can penetrate the fortress that is the castle of your mind so we're going to go over that a little bit later but first I have some quick little things to go through first of all I want to give out uh, give a shout out to Philip Lee Head, who started following me on Twitter because he has started to be a pretty big fan. I had four or five messages waiting on my on my Twitter feed today. Um, well, from a few days ago, actually, but I didn't notice it. I forgot to check. So now I'm going to have to be a little bit more mindful about checking all of my social media. Anyway, Philip Lee Head, welcome aboard. I'm glad to have you as a listener. And I look forward to hearing uh, that story of that dream you were telling me about. He is a fellow uh, empath and light worker on the spiritual awakening path with us. So send him love and light, and he'll do the same. Uh, the Spiritual Times is someone I started following. You might want to follow them on Twitter if you're on there. Um, they have a lot of good stuff to say, and I, I've been really appreciating their tweets. You know, they're very uh, thought-provoking and insightful. One of the things they said today was, uh, what they mentioned was about living extremes. If you go out of your way to change radically everything, you know, in the way that you're living that's going to slow down your spiritual progress because you're so worried about doing it right. Basically that's not the tweet, but I mean, I'm just, I'm paraphrasing here, but I agree with that. You know, I mean, I was guided today to go get a ba- a little bag of cheese, cheese trees, which are like, they're like uh, Cheetos. It's like the Ecuadorian answer to Cheetos. You know, I mean, every now and again, I want to have a little tiny junk food or a little snack like that. You know, I feel like somehow it kind of grounds me. Like, um, there was a lady, I can see her face as plain as day, and I have this beautiful picture of her in my mind, in which she's smoking a cigarette. And she was a student of Paul Foster Case at Builders of the Adidam. And there were some spiritual seekers that came, and they said, we want to be 
you know, we want to be part of your mystery school. And she was like the head of the admissions because she had been a student for years and ended up working with him for like, God, maybe 20 years or something. I don't know why I can't remember her name, but I see her face. She was a very elegant, beautiful woman in the 50s, and she had her hair almost in a Jackie O fashion. And um, the picture, I remember she was wearing like a tight sweater, and then she had a, like almost like a twin set. And I think the other sweater was wrapped around her neck, so she looked very classy, you know, very upscale type of person. But she had a cigarette in her hand in the picture, and reminded me of in one of the um, lessons that I took, there was a story about the spiritual seekers. Well, we're here to find God. We want to be part of the mystery school. And she goes, okay, all right. She goes, let's step outside for a minute. And she lit up a cigarette and they judged her for smoking. And she said to them that it's a grounding tool for her. It's a moment to pause. And that was her form of mindfulness before mindfulness was a word. (laughs) You know, it's like if you have a bad intention, like I want to go out and drink and get drunk tonight and just, you know, fuck up my brain, you know, that's not, you know, a grounding technique. But, you know, if you go out to dinner and you say, look, I've been stressed and I'm going to have a nice meal and with my, you know, vegetarian big ziti, I'm going to have, you know, a glass of Merlot. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and if you, you know, thank the trees and you thank the plants for being there and giving you the food and thank you, God, for providing all this for me and bless this wine that it will calm me down. That's a grounding technique. I might actually do a show on, on grounding tools. Um, I think we need those, you know, and how you can make ordinary things that are quote unquote, ooh, bad for you. <laughs> how can you turn that around? Yeah, I had, a, I had a friend years ago who um, smoked all the time, was hacking up all the time, and you know, constantly in the morning, and really sick all the time. And then she got woken up. You know, she had an awakening moment, and she's like, "I just had a spiritual insight. What if I make every cigarette become a prayer to the divine?" And I think I told you about this the other day, but she did. That was her grounding tool. And from that point forward, she never got sick again. She just used it as a way to ground and a way to stop. (sighs) Take a deep breath (laughs) and take another deep breath with nicotine in it, you know, and until she was able to quit, that's what she did. It was her grounding tool. I have a a fellow light worker who uh, was just speaking to me on star nations a couple days ago about drinking some bourbon. And I'm like, I've got scotch in my hand. For me, it's a grounding tool. For him, it was as well. Sometimes you need to relax and release, you know? Oh, and speaking of relaxing and releasing, I have some numerology today. (laughs) And the number 420 (laughs) keeps coming up. So I love that segue that just happened randomly. (laughs) So 420 means on the Angel Numbers app, your prayers, faith, and open heart have created a clear connection between you and the divine. You're being lovingly helped by God and the angels right now. And you thought for 20 minutes, time to smoke weed. Okay, that was me. I thought that. I think that every time. (laughs) 
I can't smoke weed now. God, I got a show to do for you. (laughs) Okay. The next number that keeps coming up also in the 400 category is 433. So if this number is coming up for you, it means you are completely surrounded, loved, and supported by the angels and many beloved deities. Also, the number 22 is still coming up. So we're going to read that one again. We read it the other day. It means the angels can see the positive results of your prayers and they want you to have patience and stay optimistic while the final details are being worked out in heaven. This is an urgent call from the angels to keep the faith. So if you're seeing 22 a lot, that's your message and that's what it means. If this resonates with you, go ahead and take it in and use the knowledge for your own personal power. If it does not resonate with you, eh, it's okay. doesn't have to resonate. Now, the next number I've noticed quite a bit is 17. And 17 means... The angels applaud you for staying positive and optimistic. They say that your optimism is warranted as your affirmative thoughts are coming true. Keep up the good work as you're on the right path. All right, guys. That was our numerology reading for today. And what else do we have here on my list? Resonance of the Schumann variety. Well, yesterday we had uh, several spikes above 30 hertz. In fact, we also had yesterday a spike at 74 hertz and 70 hertz. If you're just tuning in, the Schumann resonance is how we measure the heartbeat of the earth, which for thousands of years has been a very steady 7.83 hertz, which is a frequency. Uh, Everything puts off a frequency, uh, such as color, lights, everything has a vibration, not just a tone or music, but also uh, colored lights and just, just different colors. Everything has a vibe, okay? Even people, you have a vibe. Have you ever heard, I'm getting bad vibes off her? Yeah, because she has a low vibration. And when someone has a high vibration, that is when you are more drawn and attracted to them. So, the fifth dimension does start at 40 hertz. And so it's nice when it goes up, you know, to 30 hertz, that kind of keeps us lifted, boosted up. But when it goes up to 70 and 74, like it did yesterday... We're well into the fifth dimension, folks. And if you could keep resonating yourself way, 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 way above that, you yourself are going to be living in the fifth dimension, even if the rest of the people are not yet there. So today we had many, many hours of 30 hertz. And then that calmed down gently. And then it spiked back up to 64 hertz for a while. So... We're getting a little bit of a break sometimes, 
This activates our DNA coding. It raises our vibration, which clarifies our minds, makes it easier for us to manifest in the world. All of our obstacles are being removed. Polarity and duality is being diminished. Eventually it will be demolished. <laughs> Eventually we will be up there, baby. You and me together. <laughs> it's awesome. It's an awesome idea, right? My hashtag soul tribe, hashtag soul family. I've been trying to use those words on Twitter so we all find each other. Hashtag ascension. I think uh, it's important that we keep in touch and since we're all addicted to technology, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not, but it's a way, it's a tool that we can use, you know? It's a tool that we're going to be able to use to find each other, connect, and be together as the soul family of light. Because that's who we are. We're the light workers, we're the way showers, we're the spiritual seekers, and we're the freshly awakened ones. <sighs> We're all on a spiritual journey. Even the quiet sleeping ones are on a spiritual journey. Maybe a little bit of a slower one, but that's okay. No judgment. No judgment. We love everybody, and that's the way it should be. So, something crazy happened. Uh, yesterday, when I got done with my show... I was super excited to see that I had made enough people listen or people have listened enough that I was at a whopping $2. I earned my second dollar yesterday. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it takes a lot to make money with a podcast in the beginning. And I have done 55 shows. I was doing the math and trying to crunch the numbers. And I have been, I've worked close to 260, 250 hours on the show. And then I only made $2 back. So, I mean, obviously, obviously, it's a labor of love, right? But the thing is, it's going to have a snowball effect and... It's okay. Eventually, I'm going to, you know, do better. But what is really weird is I thought, okay, well, I just cracked the $2 code, so let's get to $3. That's pretty cool. And I went to look to see if I am yet on iTunes or the iOS or anything to do with that because I've been trying to get in touch with them. I signed up for an account. It was this whole big to-do. I've been struggling with it because it kept kicking me back to the sign-in page for hours and different days, and I've, like, contacted their support, and no one ever gets back to me. And I was getting really frustrated because 70 to 75% of all podcasts are heard on iTunes, on the iOS. So I was getting a little upset. You know, I I want to be heard. Yeah, I want to get out there. I need to be able to support myself in a year and a half with this. Because I won't have any income at all. After 18 months, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been living on death benefits to raise my children. And it's not very much money. I had to leave the country because it wasn't enough to live on. 
you know, we're making it and we're making it in a big way down here, but we're not going to be in 18 months. So I'm like trying to get it. So anyway, so the good news is I checked last night when I got done and I published my podcast and oh my God, you guys, I actually had made it onto iTunes. I'm on iTunes. So woohoo! welcome iTunes people. <laughs> welcome people listening on the iOS and the Apple. I don't know. Is it a network? I don't know what it's called, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and welcome aboard. I am so pleased to announce that. That was the big one because all of the other little podcast catchers are podcatchers you know, all the little apps that you could download to play your favorite podcasts on all take it from iTunes. So if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, this is something you're going to need to know, right? So here's some secrets of the trade that I'm just learning myself, like literally today and yesterday. So anyway, I had this massive spike, like 200 new people listened to my show in the past 24 hours. In fact, like 250 people. (laughs) And yesterday I was averaging between 20 and 21 listens per episode. And now I'm at 23 listens per episode. So, oh my God, I'm so glad to have you guys aboard. Thank you for coming and listening to my little podcast. And I made $1.68 more since yesterday in 24 hours because of this. So yesterday I was celebrating that I made $2. Today I'm at (laughs) $3.68. Okay, enough about bragging about being able to afford a half a cup of Starbucks coffee. (laughs) Obviously I'm not in it for the money, but I'm just, I'm following my higher guidance that told me to have a podcast and have a spiritual podcast just to tell out all my stuff. But to be honest, besides having that guidance, the only real reason I started this to begin with was I feel so alone as a light worker and energy healer. And I'm a Hayoka lightning shaman and no one around me can relate to me. They don't want to hear my stories. So I'm reaching out for my soul family and my soul tribe. I don't have anyone to talk to. So I decided to talk to the world about this. So it's really cool that it's getting out there. Finally, I'm starting to see a little bit of a dent. And today I was listed on Player FM as one of the best new podcasts of 2019 to watch out for. I'm blown away. And then I found out that I'm on like 30 or 40 of their pages saying the same thing. So not just best new podcast, but best new metaphysical podcast, best new, I mean, podcast about twin flames, best podcast about spiritual relationships, auras, uh, you know, all the things that I've talked about. They said I'm one of the best new podcasts to mention. When I first noticed it on the page, I was a teeny, teeny, tiny little blurb, 75% down the page over to the right and a little teeny tiny mention. And two hours later, I was at the top of the page, dead center, in the hugest ad. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so weird. Oh, my God, how do they know about me? And then I got really self-conscious. 
I mean, even to start this podcast now, I waited for like an hour because I was kind of freaking out and nervous because now I realize that people actually are there listening to me more and more and more and more. Like I knew it, but now I know it. (sighs) Anyway, I'm grateful to have you guys there. But as an empath and a shy, intuitive person, usually... (sighs) So I am freaking out today, but in a really good way. Ah, freak out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can't be singing. I I downloaded a singing app yesterday, and it tells you if you um, are on tune, what your tonality is like. Dude, I'm at 40%. I always knew I was tone deaf. This stupid app proved it, and immediately I deleted it. I decided I I better stick with what I know and what I'm best at, and that's having my podcast, and that's doing my writing. So, (laughs) those are my strengths. I'm going to play to them, baby. (laughs) As far as the ascension goes, we're having a lot more emotional stuff happen this week and mental, emotional body stuff going on. We have a lot more issues such as reevaluating or reevaluation of your priorities and of your circumstances. People are waking up in a way and saying, wow, you know what? Gee, I just realized uh, I'm in this crap set of circumstances that I can change. I can change it right now. A lot of people are going through that right now. Suddenly they decided, holy crap, I don't like the way things are going. But you know what? The more we go into the fifth dimension, the more people will have that fog lifted from them. And we have that mental fog taken away. You're going to see the clear light of day. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. The sky is blue and pink and purple because we're in the ascension. (laughs) So other themes this week that I've noticed has been discipline. Talk about discipline, wanting it, realizing the parts of your life in which you are not disciplined. That has been a huge theme for the week. Among the majority of the people that... I have spoken with also having doubts and squashing them squashing your doubts and actually doing a decent um, check-in or evaluation of your uh, mental health and mental health priorities and finally taking action if you need to that's another thing people that have had mental illness or borderline mental illness like they're not really mentally ill but there's just something not right like the anxiety or the depression or a little bit of sociopathic tendencies going on um people that have surrounded me that i know of or that i know personally have come to me lately in the past like 72 hours saying you know i need to reevaluate this part of my life i need to uh figure out my own mind See if I can fix it. See if it's fixable. See if it's something I need to live with and how can I change. A lot of mental reevaluation and a lot of life circumstance related priorities type of reevaluation. Do I really want to be in this relationship? Do I really want to be single? Do I really want to sit at home and complain I have no friends when I never leave the house? Or maybe I want to leave the house and maybe go out and have friends. Just reevaluating. Do I really like my job? I had a friend who told me he worked really hard to get his degree and get into this job and he loves the work. 
and he started really reevaluating it this week. He said, I love my job. I freaking hate the stress of it. I come home and I can't relax. What do I do? I told him biofeedback app. So he, uh, he's looking into that. If that's your set of circumstance, biofeedback apps, they're free. Find a good one. I found one that has forest and trees and you just kind of watch this beautiful picture for a while. And it looks like a little cartoon. It's really beautiful though. And you just watch that for a couple minutes and that does calm you down. Looking at pictures of the Caribbean and pale turquoise blue will calm you down as well. Do that for 10 minutes a day and I guarantee a lot of your stress will be reduced. Your surface stress. Everyone has surface stress. It has nothing to do with their life, but it's just the stress of like car alarms going off at night, dogs barking, um, traffic during the day, people honking and being angry near your house. That's, uh, it has nothing to do with you, but it, because we're all connected, it kind of affects you. So that's something now let's see here. I have so much stuff to get through. I'm going to go over. I'm looking at some things I'm going to go over tomorrow. Um, Oh, something that's extremely important for me to mention. And this is the last mention before I take a little break and come back to talk about boundaries. Okay. So activation, activations. I had a dream while I was sleeping Um, not a daydream, but like an actual sleeping dream dream that a friend of mine, this is how boring my dreams are. You're looking into my head right now. I had a dream that I was checking my messages on Facebook messenger. (sighs) So fricking exciting in my dreams, right? Anyway, (laughs) so I'm, I'm scrolling through the, you know, things. And one of my girlfriends wrote me and she said, You know, I'm trying to keep up with your podcast and I am interested in all that you have to say, but I find myself being very uh, dreamy and falling asleep to your podcast. And to be honest with you, you are exhausting me. And I woke up immediately from this dream and I went, Oh my God. You know, like my ego is like, "Ah, how insulting. And then I'm like, Oh wait, it's not an insult. Duh. What happens? What has happened to all of us lately? When we're waking up, when we're awakening, we are falling asleep and we're exhausted. And I started to meditate on it. And my higher self said that my voice now, because I have done it, I am able to activate people's DNA, the coding in your DNA sometimes may or may not be activated by my voice, by my words, by the things you're learning from me. And I'm always connected when I do meditation every day before the show. And I'm always connected to higher beings, masters of light angels, my eighth shocker. So I'm up there. I'm always vibrating high when I do the show. I'm vibrating as high as I possibly can. A couple days ago, I had a bad day and I, I raised my vibration as much as I could, but it was, it was rough. It was rough, but today I'm high. I'm very, very much up there. And I realized that also because I have meditated so much and received so many downloads that when you're ready to receive them, 
whoever's around you that has those, you're going to download automatically from that person. It's almost like we're, we have a secret uh, network between us as being part of the matrix and we're able to send messages back and forth, not just telepathy to say, hey, how are you doing? Or, ooh, look at her, you know, but, <laughs> you know, or to think of positive thought or I wish you would call me type of thoughts. But we're now able to send literal downloads to each other. We're activating each other. When we send love out, we're physically affecting other people with our thoughts and as we go up into the fifth dimension it's going to happen more and more so something that I noticed is that I'm able to give people downloads and a couple of my friends said yeah I listened to your show but I couldn't hear it because I fell asleep and I'm like I know I'm not that boring am I <laughs> I like I'm trying to take it personally or be offended and now I realize what it is and that's what it is is that we are all downloading and when my vibration is slightly higher than yours you spend this hour with me every day and you're going to raise to my level right and if um, somebody else is higher vibration than me I listen to them and then I raise up to their level Lisa Transcendence Brown is an example of that she is vibrating super super high way higher than me and I listen to her all the time and when I do I'm getting activations, I'm getting downloads, I'll fall asleep in the middle of her show. She'll have like a three-hour show and I'll only hear the first hour and I just pass out, snoring on the couch. And then I wake up and go, oh man, I gotta rewind it. (laughs) And actually hear it this time. Because she is a tuning fork for me. And so for those of you who are brand new to the spiritual journey and you are just awakening now, I may be a tuning fork for you. And if you don't feel sleepy, don't worry about it. It's not why I'm here. (laughs) I'm not here to make you feel sleepy. I'm just saying it's possible that it might happen at some point. Just like it happens to me when I listen to other spiritual teachers that are online and other light workers. We all have something to share with each other. You guys have stuff to share with me and I got stuff to share with you. And we're, I'm only doing this forum so that we can all get together and help each other and lift each other up. Literally emotionally, spiritually in every possible way. Not physically though. Don't know when try to come pick me up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, we're here to lift each other up. We're here to raise the roof off the sucker. And with that, my darlings, I'm going to come right back after this message. And we're going to go into it and talk about personal boundaries. (laughs) How to build a psychic wall. (laughs) Not going to mention that too much. Building a wall is on everyone's nerves these days. (laughs) Or jokes. I mean, there's a lot of jokes there. But we're going to talk about personal boundaries. Uh, What are they? Which ones do you need to focus on? And uh, what do you need to keep yourself safe from the narcissists and the sociopaths and the psychopaths in this world? So there you have it. I'll be right back.
Okay, guys, let's just jump right in. Um, when I say personal boundaries, what is it that comes to mind? Is it a white picket fence around your front yard? Or is it just like your personal space? I was first made aware of personal space when um, I met someone from a different country. When I was in Santa Barbara, I met a man from Persia. And he stood so close to me that I could smell the garlic in his breath. And he was just having a normal conversation. He wasn't trying to be weird or creepy. Although he was asking me on a date later on in the conversation, he wasn't trying to be that way. I could tell he was actually being very loving and respectful. And I noticed from other cultures, some cultures have um, a smaller range of physical space boundary. You know, we're, we're, you know, as Americans, we have like North Americans, I should say. Because I'm in South America, and there are Americans down here too, but they're just South Americans. We were the North Americans, that's all. It's just geographic location, but we're all Americans. But um, anyway, <laughs> not to get off on a weird-ass tangent, but that is what it is. But I noticed this when I was about 19, and I noticed that my personal boundary space, my space around me, is like two to two and a half feet if somebody gets within that invisible circle, I feel uncomfortable. That's my personal boundaries. So I got used to like being in Central and South America and traveling and living in six different countries. I have kind of reduced what's comfortable for myself. Like, so I don't feel violated and offended and emotionally distraught if someone is standing one foot away from me anymore because I got, I got used to it. But as Americans, we're used to having our space, aren't we? I mean, the elaborate houses that people have, people have huge places to live. You know, the rest of the world, most people don't have enormous amounts of space. You know, in China, can you imagine their boundaries, their personal boundaries are probably only six inches from their body, right? As far as their space boundary, just physical space around them. But that was the first and only boundary that I really knew about until the past few years. I didn't really think about what is a boundary. I mean, I wasn't raised by consciously aware parents. They weren't consciously aware of psychology and sociology and all that. You know, um, I wasn't even really raised with a lot of respect, to be honest. You know, there was a lot of stuff that as an adult, I had to learn. You know, like my dad had integrity, but... There was like a little bit of the twisting and bending of integrity sometimes with my stepmom, you know. I noticed some rules were made to be broken, you know what I mean? Like it was just kind of a, you know, societal boundaries, you know, were kind of, the idea of that was a little wonky, you know. And I think that that might be why a lot of people are sociopathic when they're abused heavily as children and they... um they want to be a good person. They want to do good, but they don't know how. 
you know, and I've been to many years of counseling. So I wanted to be an okay adult, (laughs) you know, and for the most part, I'm okay. I do have PTSD. I've got my issues, you know, depression, anxiety. Um, and a lot of the stuff from my past is coming up this past month or so. Um, things I thought I got rid of and then all of a sudden, Oh God, there's another one. That was weird. Bubbling up to the surface. It's like, God, I don't remember that one. I didn't even remember that. I think it's like stuck in my body, you know, like, and as we get less dense, it just comes right on up. So we get used to as a child, people violating us in a multitude of ways. You know, we get uh, violated by a lot of different uh, people and not just, I'm not talking about like um, straight up violence or abuse or sexual abuse. I'm just talking about other ways. The kids are put into schools, okay, and they get violated in their way that they want to show up in the world. They are forced into conformity. I mean, as soon as my husband died, I took my kids out of school. I'm like, screw that. I don't like the way they're being treated. I don't like the way that they're being compared to other people unfairly. I don't like the way that their gifts, their natural beauty and gifts of music and art are not being honored and recognized. To me, I felt like my personal boundaries were violated when my children were like not honored and loved and respected the way that they deserve because every human being deserves that. I feel like the school system is broken, needs to be fixed. A lot of the systems are broken and need to be fixed. Not just in the U.S., but in around the world. But it starts with the violation of boundaries. My oldest, like, has really made me feel really bad about myself in a few different ways. You know, like, one of them was when I brought roses home, and he was like, so, that's just great. And he got really mad. I'm like... These are really beautiful roses. Enjoy the high vibe of the flower and the fragrance and the scent and the beauty and the color. And it's just, for me, super inspirational and it's beautiful. And he goes, so you could feel better. You cut a sentient life being, you know, you cut them down. You paid someone to cut them and you're putting them in a vase and you're changing out the water every day to keep them on life support until they slowly die in your home. Well, crap. I didn't think about that. Did I just violate the boundaries of the roses? I mean, how deep does this crap go? You know, (laughs) I still buy roses, but I mean, my Christmas tree this year was in a pot with dirt still, and it's about one foot tall. I bought like (laughs) a little bit better than the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Because I didn't want to buy a big Christmas tree that had been cut because my kid has a point. And both of my kids have said to me, why do you just want to go pet cats? 
why do you want to just go pet dogs? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, would you like it if a random stranger came up to you and just started stroking your stomach or petting you behind the ear? Like, oh yeah, that would be weird, right? Are we violating our animals in our world and in our society? You know, because we think they want us to pet them and touch them. Why are we imposing our will on animals? They're sentient beings. So, I mean, I did touch Fred and Ethel when I fed them out the window, the pigeons. <laughs> I fed them and I gave them big piles. I'm all, today's the day I'm going to pet their wings really gently. And they both got so freaked out. And now they don't trust me. And I violated their trust because I didn't ask. And now I ask and they want to be near me. Like when the window's shut, they'll fly right up to the window, right when I'm on the other side of the window. I mean, Fred, he's been up like only two inches away from me. And he'll just look into my eyes and I feel so much love there. Ethel has a lot of love too. She's a little bit more trusting. But he does it, I think it's almost like he's daring himself to come near me, you know. It, 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 but <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to touch you guys anymore. Don't worry. I know you don't like it. Don't worry. You know, but it's like, why? why? Like my kids are trying to make me feel like I'm a creeper because I want to pet a stray dog. You know, and it's like, wait a minute. <sighs> but they have a point. So I ask first all the time. I ask animals first all the time. <laughs> You know, I learned my lesson with Fred and Ethel. <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt their feelings. I just wanted to feel their soft feathers. You know, when the Lyrans came to me and they gave me they gave me their Lyran light language and they their their hominids with cat-like features. Their heads are like cats, and I'm like, oh, I just want to pet you behind the ear, you know, and I just felt like it's so inappropriate, like, I don't want to say it out loud, but that's what I was thinking. I'm like, they're so cute. They're so cute. (laughs) Anyone out there with the furry fetish, maybe, maybe you should date a Lyran. When they come to our world, Maybe that's what should happen if they're ever going to come here. Okay. Maybe that was super inappropriate. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to go into uh, boundaries of all different kinds of you, (laughs) human boundaries. And toxic people will violate your boundaries pretty much from the very beginning. And they will give you hints as to who they truly are. And they don't even know it. They don't even know that they're giving themselves away. So always listen to everything someone says on that first date and second and third. If they even get that far with you. See if they violate your personal boundaries from the beginning. If you feel a little pinch in your gut or in your heart or you get like a little lump in your throat or anywhere in your body if your body reacts to something that that other person says or does you just go oh what oh 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 ah it's in my stomach ah oh yeah that didn't feel good didn't like what he said about me there Ooh, red flag warning 
Warning, warning, Dr. Smith. It's another red flag. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. If you define for yourself what your personal boundaries are and somebody violates them, it's up to you to decide whether or not this person is worthy of your time, your energy, and your effort. I'm not going to say you only have one life to live because you have like literally an unlimited amount of lives to live. But you only have this life right now, right here is all you got. I mean, time is not an illusion. It does exist in the future and in the past, but right now is all we ever truly have. Dwell on the past, you're going to miss the present. You keep focused on the future, you're going to miss the present. The present is a gift. That's why they call it a present. Keep it here. Keep it now, right? So when you're out on a date with someone and you're getting to know them, or even if you're just getting to know them and deciding whether or not you want to ask them out on a date, you need to know what your personal boundaries are. So if they cross those lines, then you know. If you're comfortable with them crossing those lines, then okay. If you're not, you know, you might need to redefine what those lines are, you know? My son was really angry at a man a couple months ago who put his arm around me. And he's a friend of mine, and I'm comfortable with that because he and I now have established and developed a friendship close enough in which we can hold hands once in a while or put our arms around each other, and there's no violation there. Not for me, because we had discussed it, but my son didn't know that. So he was like, Mom, I don't like the way he touched you. Like, he didn't, didn't do anything. What do you mean? Well, he hugged you, and he didn't ask. Whew. So proud of my kids, man. <laughs> if we've learned one thing from Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, the new generations coming in, I'm telling you guys, they're aware, they're woke AF. Oh my God. <laughs> They're light years ahead of us, man. I'm glad they're here and I'm glad they're coming in and they're awakening us, older generations, to all the sexism, all the crap. I mean, I'm a, I'm, and they accuse me of sexism all the time. <laughs> Two years ago, I'm standing in line at a grocery store and this is a personal violation. This is a boundary issue that I had, but <laughs> this guy was so good looking. And I figured, well, I'm in Peru. No one here speaks English. I mean, and you can't make that mistake in Ecuador. Almost everyone here speaks English. In Colombia, too, a lot of people speak English. But in in Peru, not that many. Some do, but not that many. (laughs) Which is good for me. It it increased my Spanish knowledge. But um, a lot of people just, or if they do speak English, they will never tell you so that they could see what you say about them. So actually, don't ever talk bad about anyone. But... I wasn't saying anything bad about anyone. I just, I saw this guy and I was with my oldest kid. I went, oh my God, that guy has the nicest butt 
I've ever seen on a man. Oh my God. I am holding back, but I really wanted just to grab him and goose him. Right. And I will never do that. But it was like this irrational feeling of, Ooh, I just want to touch that. Ooh, wow. He's so good looking. And he was like super tall and he was just like, his body was phenomenal. You know, he had been hitting the gym, you know, I'm like, damn, a guy is so fine. I want to grab his ass so bad. And my oldest kid was like, dude, oh my God, you're like so pervy right now. <laughs> you're violating this guy's boundaries. I'm like, oh, please, not like he can speak English. And he turned around and he goes, hi. And I went, oh, shit. He speaks English. Uh, I would never say anything if I knew he knew what I was saying. And then I realized, yeah, okay, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. You know, and I don't normally objectify people. It was just like I was in a weird mood that day. I think I was high. <laughs> I hopped up on a whole bunch of coffee and sugar. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, look at him. Ooh, yeah. You know, and I don't normally do that, but every now and again, you'll see someone that strikes your eye and you're like, whoa, whoa. You know, and it's like, if you say something, oh, wow, now you're violating a boundary. And if you touch them, well, that's definitely a boundary. You can't just go grab someone in the ass as much as we want to. <laughs> when Women are not so liberated that we can start acting like men of the 50s, okay? <laughs> we have to act better than that. Uh, anyway, so personal boundaries are violated when... And I have a list. I got most of this information from Kim Saeed. I recommend her immediately if you've ever had any issues with a narcissist. She has an amazing YouTube channel. And she will send you a newsletter. And she has a website. And it's Kim Saeed. It's, her name is Kim. And then her last name is S-A-E-E-D. Kim Saeed. Okay. So I'm not taking credit for this knowledge. I am passing it along. Okay. So your personal boundaries are violated when, and I have a list emotional. When a person criticizes you or belittles you or invalidates your feelings. I'll read it again. Your emotional boundaries are violated when a person criticizes who you are or what you're wearing or what you've done in your life or what TV show you're watching, what book you're reading. You're allowed to read a romance novel. I mean, come on, right? It's not like you're, you know, reading a Playboy magazine and jerking it on the subway. You know, and if you are, well, I think that's illegal, but I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to judge, but I mean, Hey, you know, but if someone's criticizing what you're doing or what you believe, you believe in crystal skulls and they think crystal skulls are bunk and then they criticize you about it and belittle you for it, you know? So if someone criticizes you or belittles you, or invalidates your feelings. Oh, you don't really feel that way. Oh, well, you shouldn't cry. No, don't cry. You don't need to be angry right now. 
that's a personal val that's a val that's a invalidation it's a violation it is a personal boundary issue when someone does that to you now there's a physical one I already talked about you know when there's an uncomfortable touch like if my friend wasn't really my friend and I wasn't comfortable at the level of him holding my hand or putting his arm around me and like he kind of likes to um, tussle my hair a little bit like ah you kind of mess up my hair a little bit I'm okay with that because we have that level of closeness but if a stranger came up to me and did that I'm like oh hell no I'm sorry you need to just back off get out of my face yo because that's not right I'll tell you something that happens with physical boundaries and everyone here can relate to it well okay half the population women if you're pregnant How many people have come up and just grabbed your freaking stomach? Oh, is it a boy or a girl? Can I feel? And they put their hand on your stomach. And it's just like, uh, excuse me. Trying to have a secret moment with my soulmate with whom I'm pregnant. He's standing right here. You're a man and you're touching me. If I wasn't pregnant, you know how completely inappropriate that would be? Oh, wait. It's completely inappropriate to touch a pregnant woman's stomach without asking her. It's even more inappropriate when she's just fat and not pregnant. (laughs) My good friend um, is pregnant right now, Roxy. And I wonder if she's going through this now. I don't know if she's starting to show. She said she was starting June. She's she wasn't when I saw her at in January. But <laughs> but she's gonna have to deal with that now where people are gonna come up and wanna talk to her and oh well if you have a wedding ring on and your stomach has a baby bump, then I guess that's that just opens you up for all kinds of like a barrage of questions about your deep, dark, personal, intimate life. (sighs) That's a boundary issue, you know, but if someone touches you uncomfortably when they're trying to come on to you, you're in a bar and you're dancing and, and they're drunk and they try to touch you inappropriately, like grabbing your boob or your ass. Um, Let's just look to the president for this one for a bad example of what never to freaking do to a woman. Pretty much everything he's ever done. That's a bad touch. (laughs) And it's, it's in poor taste. You know, he has no boundaries with people. (laughs) You know, so sexual boundaries if you are sexually touched in an uncomfortable way that's a violation of your personal boundary on a sexual level so this is an interesting one if you are in a dating situation and you're single and you're on you know like tinder or okcupid or plenty of fish or even tagged If you're on any of these and someone says they like you and you're pretty or you're handsome and then they start and then, and then, you know, and it's like, well, what do you do for a living? La la la. That's fine. What do you do for a living? 
Okay, great. That's great. But when someone turns around and says, do you like anal? (laughs) Do you do oral? That is a violation of your sexual personal boundary. I mean, unless you specifically said, can we have the sex talk to see if we might be compatible in that way? You know, there's nothing wrong with having the sex talk. But if you've never met this person in person yet, and they're sending you a dick pic, you know, that's a massive violation. Unless you said, can I please see a dick pic to make sure you don't have a disease before we get together? You know, <laughs> I mean, if, if, if you're okay with that, then that's okay. But most people are not okay with that. And it is not okay. It is not okay for people to randomly send you a dick pic. It is not okay for someone to just start talking about sexual stuff and forcing you into conversation in which they're going to wank off to unbeknownst to you. It's not okay for someone to say, I really like you. You're really pretty. I think we could have something, you know, I'm looking for a girlfriend. You're looking for a boyfriend. Let's get together. Can we talk on Skype? And then they wank themselves on Skype or they pull it out and show it to you. That is not okay. I hate Skype. I freaking deleted it because it happened to me a few years ago. I'm all, oh, hell no. No, 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 no. Screw that. That's bullshit. Sorry. That does not fly with me. You know, like if I was on a date with a man in person in a restaurant, he's not going to randomly take his, you know what, out and start, you know, strumming his guitar in public in front of hundreds of people. So why the hell would he do it on Skype? without asking like wait what like if that's what the purpose of the Skype call is about well you know be aware that the government agents are probably watching you and laughing their asses off at you but (laughs) which is also a violation of your personal sexual boundary (laughs) but that's a huge one and we all pretty much are aware of the sexual boundaries you know if someone tries to have sex with you and you don't want it if you're in a relationship if you're married for 10 years and your husband tries to have sex with you without asking first, that is still a boundary issue. If you're sound asleep and you do not have a prearranged agreement in which it is okay for him to just start touching you sexually and doing it with you while you're asleep, that is a personal boundary. That's rape. It's rape. It it really is. That's what that is. I woke up one, well, okay, never mind. Well, that was happening to me. I I woke up one night and and I was with my boyfriend of six years. We were, you know, in the middle of this. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Get off me. And I, I, I slapped him. And apparently I slapped him awake because he didn't even know he was doing it. He was asleep. (laughs) Sleep sexing. (laughs) One step above sleepwalking. I mean... That was a really weird thing. It never happened again. Never happened before. Never happened since. He was sound asleep. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you waking me up? Like, wait, what are you doing to me? I'm like, I'm doing nothing to you. You're on top of me. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. He apologized. It wasn't on purpose, obviously. He didn't violate me in a way that, you know, on purpose. It was just like our bodies knew what they were doing and our minds were not aware. You know, that's not a common thing, but... (laughs) 
But if someone does that to you in your sleep, even if you're in a relationship and you don't have a prearranged, oh, by the way, feel free to do that to me while I'm asleep because I love to wake up to that. Some people do and that's okay. And as a couple, that's okay. To have different levels of boundaries is okay. Because I can't tell you what your boundaries are that you're comfortable with having or not having because you're you, you're a unique individual and that's okay. The next boundary that you need to be aware of is the intellectual boundary. If somebody dismisses you or belittles you because of your thoughts, your ideas, what work you do, what you've done, your education, what college you've gone to, oh, you didn't go to Yale, well, screw you. (laughs) That is a violation of your personal boundary. Because you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't freaking matter, but if someone uses their opinion to manipulate you into feeling bad about yourself or feeling littler than them so that they can puff themselves up to be bigger than you so that they can lord it over you, well, I went to Harvard, you know? Just think about how Frasier Crane in the TV show Frasier was always like, well, it's Harvard. It has a Harvard graduate, you know? And I think they like beat this idea into people from Harvard. They always throw it into every conversation. It is so annoying. But but that's an example of that. I mean, well, I went to Harvard. Where did you go? Cal State. You know what I mean? That is a violation of your personal boundary. So if you are very sensitive about your intellectual stuff, your work, if you're a book writer and, and this person is going to dismiss your books, that's not the right person for you to be in a relationship with, right? Not even a friendship with, you know, someone's going to dismiss you. Oh, you don't really mean that. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, well, you don't have the education I do, you know? It's, that's not right. You know, if someone's going to educate you about something and you're interested in hearing it and you do listen to it, then it's like, okay, cool. Because you're there and you're showing up to learn the lesson of something. But when someone like forces their intellect on you, oh God, that's so annoying. So that is something that is a violation of your personal boundary. Time boundaries. Uh, if someone is... um demanding too much of your time or they're isolating you from other people like you have to get to meet your friend at four o'clock and this person asked you to lunch date at 12 30 and it's like 3 30 and they're still not letting you go even though they know you had three errands to run before meeting your friend at four and now you've put the errands off until later because they've held you there that's an example of a time boundary. I had a friend who called me every freaking night for like eight years. And I didn't realize how much of a boundary that was that she was violating. I didn't even think about it because I didn't define this for myself. And she would call me with these you know, oh, but I love him, and oh, but he won't talk to me, and should I go to his work? I saw him through the window. I mean, I'm like, oh my god, you're stalking this person. You know, and it was like that kind of a and it was like a personal violation of my space, my time boundary. Like, I have a family, I have a husband, I have a life, and I am a writer. I write books and screenplays, and I need my time to myself. I need my mind 
to myself. I need a lot of personal space because I have to create and I can't create when I'm hearing a whiner on the phone. You know what I mean? The time boundary, but because I loved this person and she was like a little sister to me, I listened to her every freaking night. And there were so many nights that my husband just said, don't answer the phone tonight. Please just stay with me. Hold my hand. You know, <laughs> smoke a doobie with me and watch Frasier. Let's just relax together. I want your company tonight. So I'd let the phone ring and then she would call back and then she'd call back and then she'd call back. And it's like, get the freaking hand already. I did not answer the phone for a reason, you know, but that's like a forcing themselves on you to steal your time from, you know, our time is precious here. And now we're all going through the ascension and we all have so much more to deal with. We don't just have our families and our jobs and our friends to deal with anymore. We're now going through literally changing every freaking piece of our DNA. We're building a crystalline body. We're building a Merkaba. We're having to raise our vibration because a planet is doing it for us. And when we're being forced to spiritually grow, which is what's happening to us, we are literally being forced by the universe now to grow up. We're being kicked out of the freaking house by mom and dad in a way is what's happening. We are being forced. That's violating my spiritual boundary, Gaia. I'm just kidding. Not really. Love you. (laughs) But we are. We are being forced to spiritually grow. And so we have to get ahead of it and jump ahead of the curve and go, okay, look, I accept it. And I'm looking at my shadow self and I'm looking at my shadow side and I am fixing what it needs to be fixed. And I'm releasing what needs to be let go of. I am fixing every part of my life. And we are all stuck in this boat and we get so freaking tired that we need 16 hours of sleep. Then the next night, we can't sleep at all. We're tossing and turning. You know, we have so much crap to deal with as it is that we don't need somebody, some narcissist coming in thinking that they deserve your attention and you don't deserve anything in return. And they could just violate your time like that all kinds of ways. I'm not talking about the friend that calls you every Saturday. If you've got a prearranged agreement, I'm talking about the person that'll call you like two or three times a day and there's three hours of your, of your day gone. You know, someone who calls and you're like, well, I was getting ready to run out the door and they go, okay, well, whatever. And then they poo poo what you were doing. And then that's just that. You know, and I've been in the past when I was, especially when I was a lot younger, I am guilty of talking someone's ear off. As you can tell, I'm a talker. <laughs> they call it the gift of gab. <laughs> I got in trouble when I was in third grade all the time because I was a talker. I was always talking. I wanted to, I mean, I was not interested in what the teacher had to say. I was more interested in the people around me and what they were doing and what they're feeling what they're thinking, what their lives are like, you know, what do their parents do for a living? I mean, I was so interested in all the other people around me. I didn't give a crap about what the teacher was having to say. 
math schmath, you know, what's guy's mom, what does she do for a living? Where does she work? That was what I cared about. Well, look at Alfonso. He's crying off in the corner. Can I, can I like get up and go hug him and have a conversation and make him feel better? No, that's why I feel like school just takes away your fucking boundaries. Like I feel like school is a violation of who you are and who you chose to be and how you wanted to show up in this world as a sovereign being of light. It's like what you really want to do is never allowed. And you're forced to sit at a desk for eight hours a day or six hours a day. You're forced to eat at a specific time. That's a food boundary in my opinion. Being forced to eat at noon because the clock says it's time to eat. How do you think we have a nation of fatties? You know, a lot of people, I'm sorry if that's a violation. I don't mean it that way. But a lot of people are overweight and sick because they were forced to eat crappy food at specific times. And now they eat like that because it became a routine and a habit. And I mean, honestly, if you don't feel like eating for two freaking days, don't your body will get hungry when it's ready. People are sick because of it, because of how society is forced upon us. Well, it's 12 o'clock time to eat. No, sorry. My body doesn't get hungry until three in the afternoon. Thank you very much. That's when I'm going to eat. You know, then the other way around. I mean, if dinner isn't until eight and you're starving at five, eat at five. Well, dinner's not until eight. (laughs) I'm going to have three more scotches until then. No, Eat what you want to eat right now when you need to eat it. You know? And I'm talking need, like, you know, your body needs something, not like, I want those Cheetos, those cheese trees that I got earlier. I wasn't really guided by spirit to do it. I was guided by my taste buds. My stomach was like, hmm, those are kind of good. You know? I did balance it with a pear and I'm going to balance it later with an apple and I'm going to have some potatoes for dinner, (laughs) potatoes and tomatoes and eggs and onions. (laughs) I'm going to mix all that up. I'm going to have a nice uh, vegan meal tonight. I might make a vegetarian if I add cheese. Okay. I'm getting hungry now. So time demanding too much of your time or isolating you in a way in which you don't have time with others. That is a personal boundary. Another one is material, material boundaries. If somebody is pressuring you to give them money, that is a personal boundary issue. Or they take your stuff without asking. They touch your stuff without asking. If your sister steals your best dress and then spills something on it, that is a material boundary. <laughs> a lesbian in Colombia uh, stole my laptop because I'm not a lesbian and I didn't want to be her girlfriend. That was a material boundary. <sighs> I had 150 pages I didn't save to the cloud in uh, my book about Guatemala. Oh, I'm still like, Ooh, if I ever see her, like it just, it was a personal, it was a violation. 
thousands of pictures from traveling in three countries were lost. That is a material boundary issue. We've all had people do crap to us like this. You know, when someone takes money out of your purse, when you're a woman or if you're a man and a woman is pressuring you to buy the biggest, baddest, most expensive diamond ring in the store and you can ill afford it, that is a material boundary issue. The gold digger syndrome. And it goes both ways. Men can be gold diggers too. I've had my share, my fair share of being a sugar mommy to men. Well, they're little boys disguised as men. I would rather have um, a king disguised as a man who has his own and does his own. I need my king. Because I know I am a queen and I do not need a prince who is still needing to learn his manners. I don't need a little boy who needs to have a mommy take care of him. It's probably why I've just been single. That's <laughs> why I haven't remarried in eight years. Cause I'm just like, dude, I, it's like finding a good man. It's like, it's freaking impossible practically, but a material boundary is pressure to give you money or damaging your items. There was a story. My friend John told me that his girlfriend, uh, broke up with him by throwing his laptop in the ocean and taking a baseball bat to everything he owned. This is a clear example of when you should use your words (laughs) and not your hands, not your fists. Hands are for hugging. Arms are for hugging. You know, Uh, so if someone destroys your material items or they steal your stuff or they just violate you consistently, that is a personal boundary issue. And you're violated when your material items are misplaced by others or stolen outright or damaged or broken. And by the way, physical boundaries also include physical violence. I I forgot to mention that, but I I think it's obvious, but I should mention it just in case. I mean, if someone slaps you, if they slap you on the butt, that's a physical violation. But if you're okay with that, then, you know, everyone has a different level of comfortability with several boundaries. But there's also physical things where... um, If someone says that they don't like your hair a certain length and they want it uh, shorter and you don't feel like cutting it and you feel pressured, that is also a physical boundary as well as intellectual and possibly emotional. Now, spiritual boundaries is when people try to use their religion to control you or they belittle you because of your spiritual and new age and woo-woo freak ideas. <laughs> when people call you a woo-woo freak or they, oh, well, she's into the new age, you know, and they say it like that with that little bit of a eh, tone or they're a little bit snooty and they think that, well, Jesus is the king of kings and if you're not a Christian, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> I do bring this up a lot, but I've encountered it a lot. 
It's like, I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with Christianity. I have nothing against it. I mean, but don't come to me forcing a religion onto me and telling me I'm going to hell because I'm not a Christian. I mean, if that's true, then I'm going to have a great time with Jesus in hell because he was a Jew. I've said that a few times, but I mean, really, Jesus himself was not a Christian. There ain't no reason for me to have to be one. You know, but on the other hand, there are some very good Christians. My family on my mother's side are Christians and even my father, my birth father, he's a Christian and they're all really good people. They're really good people. They follow, you know, well, on my mom's side, they follow it to the letter. You know, my, my brother is a true and good Christian. In fact, for a while he left the church because even the pastor and people in the church were not being true Christians. He's like, how am I supposed to hang out with these people? You know, it's like a tuning fork. You don't want to lower your vibration because you're around lower vibration people. My, my brother stopped going to church because there was a homeless lady who was being battered by her husband and she was homeless with her dog and she was um, really badly hurt and starving and homeless and it was winter was coming and uh, the church refused to take her in he's like but you got this whole space you could let her sleep in the church six days a week right or five days a week oh no we're not about that we're not about we're not a charity He's like, dude, you're a church. You are a charity. That's all the church is supposed to be there for the people. Why can't you be there for her? Right. It really bothered my brother. And I understand that I agree with him. You know, in fact, my oldest kid right now is homeless in Northern California with a hundred thousand other people. There is not enough housing. And my oldest is staying in a church that they open up every night and they have to be out at seven in the morning. So the church can use it for churchy things. But that is a definition of true Christianity, really, truly being spiritual, allowing people at least to have a place to stay where they're safe at night and they're not going to freeze, not going to be cold and in the rain and get sick. And when people volunteer and they give things, um, you know, my kid gets free food and free drinks once in a while. You know, the church can't keep that level up to house. And it's all for youth. It's people under 26. And it's a full shelter. And they sleep on the floor on a mat. You know, it's, it's really sad. You know, but there's just not enough housing. And the housing that's available there, it's way too expensive, you know. But spiritual things. Now, now with some shelters, this is actually, this is a good example. Now, with this shelter, they are a church, but they don't push the religion on the people. That's a healthy boundary. But there are uh, some missions, they call them missions, where they will round up homeless people on the street you know, like, and bring them into their, uh, place and force them to watch a video about being a Christian and converting before they're given a meal. And it's like, if you're going to be nice to somebody, don't force your crap down their throat first, your spiritual or religious crap down there. That's not right. 
people coming to the new world and forcing religion on the Native Americans was not freaking right. That was a spiritual violation and a boundary issue. They violated everybody in North America and South America and Central America. How dare they do that? But they did it. The most of the people are, are Catholic in South America because of this and it's bullshit. I feel like if someone wants to be a religion, there's no problem with that. But when someone's trying to force it on you, now nah, I got a problem with that. And when someone belittles you because of your spiritual beliefs, there's a problem there. I don't have a problem with people being Christian. Good for them. I sometimes feel like I want to attend mass. I'm a Muslim, but I I love hearing the Latin. I actually like it. The smell of the incense and taking a Holy Communion, because I have taken my my Holy Communion. I can go do that, I think. (laughs) If they don't know, I'm Muslim, maybe. I don't know. But Islam actually incorporates all of the religions together, so I wanted to be a part of everything. <laughs> that was at least my idea of it. But I, I feel like, um, I don't know, like Jews for Jesus was a, a group of people who became, they were Jewish and converted to Christianity and went around forcing flyers on everyone at Cal State Northridge when I went to school there. It's like, dude, like what? But it's not just Christian people. I, I don't want to be picking on the Christian people. You know, like I said, most of my family's Christian and I love them very much and they're very good people. But it happens in spirituality too. It happens in, in our new age groups too. No one is immune. Spiritual narcissists are the worst. They're the most dangerous. Well, my meditation technique is better than yours, and yours is just crap. Well, you know what? That is not up for you to decide. You know, like I've given you guys my meditation ideas that come to me. If they don't work for you, go find someone that gives one to you that will. We are all facets of one giant diamond, but we're all still part of the same diamond. And that's that comes directly from God. We are God, but there's... You know, if there's a thousand people, that means there's a thousand paths. We're all a little bit different. We all have a little bit of a puzzle piece. And our puzzle piece is shaped just a little bit different, with a little bit different color on it. It's just a different part of it. But it is a part of it, you know? So we all should be allowed to express ourselves the way we want. So if someone has a problem with you setting healthy boundaries... They are not a good candidate for you to have a relationship with, romantic or otherwise, not even as a friend. Manipulators will constantly violate your boundaries. The one who truly cares about you will want to always resolve it with you. If they cross a boundary, they will go, oh gosh, I'll apologize when you bring it up. They will be, okay, they won't do it again. They will respect you and they will treat you well. Now, deal breakers are things that absolutely no compromise can be had about. This automatically, a deal breaker is something that will automatically disqualify them from ever being in the running of being in your life. 
as a long-term candidate, regardless of how you might feel, you know, connected. Oh, I feel so connected with them. Yeah, I feel connected with a lot of people. But you know what? They don't sup at my dining table every night. You know? I have friends that I love with all my heart. But you know what? They say too many offensive things that I cannot be around them. I can love them with all my heart from a distance. Thank you very much. I don't need to have a relationship with people like that. And neither do you. Now, an example of deal breakers would be if they're constantly lying to you and you catch them. If they are cheating on you, you're in a relationship and you constantly catch them cheating. That is a deal breaker. And if someone is unwilling to engage in healthy communication with you, if they don't know what that is, And you guys decide, and you don't know what it is either, and you decide to go see see a workshop. That's okay. That's great. But if they are refusing to engage in healthy communication with you, and they're calling you names, and they're verbally abusing you, and they're, you know, calling you fat or ugly or whatever, it doesn't matter if you're fat or you're ugly. It doesn't matter. You deserve respect no matter what you look like, no matter what your weight is, no matter what your health is, no matter what your skin color is, no matter what your gender is, no matter if your gender identity is different than your physical gender. You deserve to have healthy communication and healthy boundaries with people. You know, another example of, of what I forgot to say earlier, and we're almost done with this, but sexual, um, a sexual boundary is if someone asks if you can film the porn with them and you don't want to, and they keep pushing the issue. Or if they send you pornography, or if they come over and bring you a bag full of porn and you're like, what the hell, I don't even watch porn. Like, I'm trying to keep my vibration up not masturbate over people because that masturbatory energy can hold other people back spiritually and it can hold you back spiritually if someone wants to masturbate to your image constantly I mean if it's your husband and he has a high sex drive and you don't have a very good sex drive at all and you don't have the energy to do sex then that might be a healthy compromise in a healthy loving committed relationship as a couple but when it comes to just normal day to day and someone brings you a bunch of porn or something that's a violation that's a sexual violation so it's not just when they're physically trying to have sex with you always healthy healthy communication healthy 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 communication now deal breakers are there for your emotional security and your stability and somebody ever violates you violates your deal breaker you do not have to tell them you do not have to let them know you could just cut them out of your life and it's over you do not owe anyone ever an explanation for any reason ever just thank them for the good times you had and be willing to walk away and mean it stay away Cold turkey, baby. Cut them off. Anyway, I love you guys. With every fiber of my being, I love you. I'm here. Send me a message. Anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical. Tomorrow, we have Throwback Thursday. So I hope you look forward to that. I think it's going to be about Twin Flames. 
We'll see. But right now, my darlings, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Keep your boundaries about you, babe. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.